AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Wheat futures saw a clear path to the upside and raced higher. That provided spillover support for slight gains in the corn market and even slighter gains in the bean market. The cattle complex had a second day of an upside correction, and lean hog futures also found a way to push to the upside. Live, bearing it all from the city that usually keeps its secrets via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Clayton Pope from Clayton Pope Commodities and directly following the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of Agriculture Flory. All right, Davis, thank you very much. Yes, and Heck welcome yeah. to the day two of Milk Business Conference out in Las Vegas. As we speak, mm-hmm. as we speak, Davis, Even now. what yes. do you think might be happening? Well, I, I, I think there's probably uh, some highly charged, frothy conversation regarding uh, dairy markets. Yeah, I think that's I would probably assume. true. But lunch, lunch is being served. Oh, lunch, lunch is being served. Mm-hmm. And and Tyne Morgan is getting ready for the uh, uh, for the analyst panel Ooh, that will okay. be on uh, U.S. Farm Report this weekend. Dan Bossy, who was our guest on Monday, is sitting in on that panel and mm-hmm. uh, is going to be having uh, uh, I'm They're sure gonna... that Dan will, will have plenty of questions coming his way based <laughs> on the conversation that we had yesterday. You know, we talked markets, we talked margins mm-hmm. uh, yesterday on the opening session for the event. And there were so many questions and yeah, just so many questions about what's going to happen in the grain markets. In other words, to these guys inputs prices right in the year ahead. So Mm. that I think they see the writing on the wall for the milk market, Mm -hmm. that it's going to be a struggle for that market in 2024, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they do feel like there's some relief coming to them on the, uh, on the input side. So that's going to be a big focus of the conversation, the the rest of the conference, I'm sure. It seems like poor planning though. And I may need to talk to Tyne about this. You don't feed the panel before you put them up there. You you feed them after lunch. They're going to be all groggy and I don't know the markets, whatever. They just want to nap at that point. What do you do with the conference attendees that who knows what they were doing in Vegas last night? Now you're going to feed them lunch. Now you're going to feed them lunch and expect them to pay attention. Uh, well, leave them alone. They need a good meal. They'll be fine. <laughs> oh, too funny. All right. I'm looking forward to the conversation with Clayton Pope. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. a lot of ground that we need to cover with Clayton and including a, a conversation about the strength of commodity funds in these markets. I think that's going to be a good one. So, all right, Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and get started. What you got in the market news? Well, Chip, I've got hard red winter wheat futures leading a solid two-day price recovery. Less than ideal crop conditions in the U.S. HRW crop is limiting selling interest. 
But the rally is likely based on aggressive short covering after March HRW futures posted the first and only close below six bucks on Monday. Yeah. Soft red winter wheat is participating in the price recovery with wheat futures posting back-to-back sessions with a low-range open and a high-range close. Headlines from the Black Sea region are doing little to move prices. Heavy rains in Australia are doing some damage to ripe wheat crops. March HRW wheat futures 16 and a half higher today, 634 and a quarter. March SRW wheat up 13 and three quarter cents to 585 and three quarters. March spring wheat closed at 725 and a quarter, up 12 cents on the day, Chip. Yeah, closed below six bucks uh, on Monday. You know, the question is now, was that low enough? Uh, mm-hmm. It could be that that was low enough for this market. Ethanol production week ended November 24, averaged 1.011 million barrels per day. That's down 12,000 from the previous week and just below the same week last year. Ethanol stocks declined to 273,000 barrels to 21.379 million. Corn traders continue to search for demand for U.S. corn, with March futures trading on both sides of 475. March futures opened steady and fell to spike support at yesterday's low, before corn followed wheat back to the upside for a mid-range close. March corn futures two and a quarter cents higher, 475 and three quarters. March corn up two and a half, 488 and one half. July corn futures closed at 498 and a quarter, up two and a half cents, Chip. Yeah, get this, December corn. Mm-hmm. Closed at four forty nine and three quarters. <laughs> I think it's the first time in like three years that front month corn mm-hmm. has closed under four and a half bucks. We're going to call it a SAS close. That might as well. <laughs> soybean futures traded like they wanted to follow wheat and corn to the upside, but selling in soybean meal and bean oil anchored bean prices. Especially disappointing for soy complex bulls was the refusal of soybean oil futures to follow crude prices to the upside. Weather in Brazil continues to limit selling pressure in the soy complex. Crop watchers in southern Brazil say soggy soil conditions are promoting disease development, while drought conditions in central Brazil have deteriorated yield potential. Jan beans opened steady, fell to support around 337, then recovered to spike resistance at 1350. Jan beans were a half cent higher, all told, at 1347. March beans up three quarters of one cent, 1365 and a half. May beans closed at 1378 and three quarters. That's up a half penny today. Yeah, I might be getting out of line on this, Davis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But every time I hear concern about the Brazilian bean crop now, I mm-hmm. think about how much bigger the South American crop in whole yeah. is going to be versus year ago. Mm-hmm. And I I just I find it hard to believe that trouble in Brazil is going to help support the U.S. bean market that much. I mm-hmm. I know it can help, and I'm not discounting that, mm-hmm. but I just don't think it's going to be a South America is a big country, bro. Right now. It, yep. it certainly is. Yep. It certainly is. Big continent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is <what it> is. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Yes. All right. We'll get, we'll get to the rest of that when we come back. Uh, before the conversation with Clayton. Right now, let's bring in Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. How you doing, Bubba? What's up, guys? How are you? Well, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, I what I want to know is if you are still looking at the buy side of these grain markets. Uh, I am, actually. Uh, I'm not that happy about it, but I am. I, you know, did you ever wonder why everything is so focused on what the Federal Reserve is going to do. Well, when did it become only about the Federal Reserve for every product in the world? 
it, it, it's become kind of ridiculous that we're just strictly looking at, at what the interest rate market is, is doing. And there is no other action in any other market. I mean, from equities to grains to anything else, volumes are down. Markets are, are, are quiet. There's very little trade. It's, it's kind of frustrating that the, the free market system is, is kind of melting down in front of our very eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Bubba, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I was thinking about it this morning. Since when was the when was the last time that the general market was so singularly focused? I don't know. It makes me wonder what we're missing. Well, I, I think we're missing that they're, they're kind of pulling the blindfold over our head. I mean, we've seen uh, if you look at the climate accord, every major country's pulled out. So Trump was right when he did not want to get involved in that thing because they've all now pulled out. We've got this ridiculous focus on electronic vehicles when we should be focusing on the, our own infrastructure in this country and taking care of this country, not Ukraine and not everywhere else in the world. It, it, it's, it's very frustrating to, to be a part of what's going on because it's really more treasonous and anti-American than anything else. Preach, brother. Preach. Good to talk with you, buddy. We'll talk I'll to be you there tomorrow, week. baby. I'll be preaching for 4 to 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah Bring that's it, right. David, Bring it, baby. Have a conversation tomorrow afternoon. With Bubba. Get ready, everybody. I'm fired up. (laughs) I'll talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) Fantastic. We got Clayton Pope up next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday. I'm out in Las Vegas at the Milk Business Conference. But uh, we're going to spend some time talking with Clayton Pope from Clayton Pope Commodities back in Illinois before, uh, uh, as soon as we're done with the news with Davis. Davis, mm-hmm. have you got that yeah. news, Andy? I sure do. I got March cotton right. just just a single point lower, seventy nine fifty nine today. Uh, live cattle futures consolidated yesterday's gains with an inside trading day and a mid range open end close. After Tuesday's limit up performance in front month feeders, the contract gapped slightly higher. Slipped back to fill the gap and to test support at 220, and then recovered to close above the opening range. December live cattle up 25 cents, 171.90. February contract up 65 cents, 173.47 and one half. Jan feeders today up a buck 15, 222.20. And on the snout side, December lean hog futures, an inside trading range with the close just below the opening range. December hogs and nickel higher, 68.97 and a half. February is up a buck seven and one half. To seventy and ten, heck of a move in the feeders uh, yesterday, Chip, and we're up a buck fifteen today. Uh, Unbelievable! 
Yeah. Oh, the volatility yeah. in that feeder cattle market right now is, mm-hmm. is uh, you know, it's thinly traded. So mm-hmm. when you get everybody leaning in one direction, what happens? The yep. canoe tips over. Yep. It, it, it the, the two days leading up to yesterday's price recovery mm-hmm. was a classic example of the canoe tipping over on the longs in the in the feeder cattle market. Mm-hmm. It was just get me out, get me out kind of trade. So uh, now it's it's nice to see that the recovery is has quote unquote already. Mm-hmm. started mm-hmm. in feeder cattle oh, on a timing basis it's a very quick recovery uh in in feeder cattle in mm-hmm. a price basis 15 bucks down in two days is probably enough probably <laughs> enough yeah but they wouldn't have rolled from the from the d's to the jan would they uh in feeders they'd have rolled no, further they, out no rolling from long to out oh straight out straight out yep yes that'll do it yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into this conversation right now with Clayton Pope. Clayton Pope Commodities. Clayton, my friend, how are you? It's good to talk with you again. Hello, Chip. Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, I can't believe you're you out in Las Vegas. How, how come I only hear about these uh, trade show destinations after the fact? <laughs> you and me both, Clayton. You and me both, baby. Hey, you know, <laughs> I... I... <laughs> I mean, some people, they go to these trade shows you read about later on. They were in Geneva, Switzerland, or London, and now yeah. Las Vegas. How about like, what the uh, heck? All the all of a sudden, the popular one has become Dubai. You Is that were right? Where? Mm-hmm. You were oh, where? Brother. Yeah. Holy just, cow. Well, crazy. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> when you're a small business like Clayton Pope Commodities, I don't think that would fit in our expense budget. <laughs> well, hey, make plans for Kansas City come the uh, Early next year, we'll meet up there for top producer seminar. All right. Hey, there we go. Sounds you like bet. a plan. You know, but here's the deal: Las Vegas sounds great. It's four. It, oh, it's fifty-eight degrees here right now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's it's 50, fifty-three in Kansas City. Yeah, you might as well be in Vegas. Sunny, yeah. ha- I mean, I know that's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. Well, yep. so. I don't exactly feel sorry for you, but it is forty-eight <laughs> here. <laughs> forty-eight <laughs> here. So yeah, that's not much of an improvement. You got a point there. <laughs> Yep, yep. Hey, Clayton, let's start with the wheat market. All of a sudden, it seems like the path was cleared to the upside for this wheat market and uh, raced to I'm the upside I'm sure hoping today. so. I'm sure hoping. I mean, this is the best close in that uh, March contract, Chicago contract, in two weeks. So uh, we'll yeah. take it. I mean, how many times have we seen this thing uh, look like it's ready to achieve liftoff and then just gets, you know, smashed? right back down again it's like a game of Mm whack-a-mole but it it, like you were saying a minute ago before i got on about the uh everybody gets loaded on one side of the ship and then the ship you know flips over like in the feeder market but man how many times have we thought that in this crazy wheat complex i mean you look at that last commitment of traders report that came out friday so this would be as of you know previous tuesday the funds um they're gross short position in the Chicago contract was 37% of the open interest. Their their gross Minneapolis spring wheat uh, position was uh, 40% of the open yeah. interest. I mean, that's just really unbelievable. Yeah. And, and that ship hasn't flipped yet, but you know, a couple more closes like today, if we can get that darn wheat above the 50-day average, which is no guarantee of anything. It's done that a few other times and failed, but uh, one of these times, I think... Uh, you know, you'll, you'll finally get these funds spooked enough to start covering some of that position. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, it, 
we when you look at what happened in the HRW contract with that close under six bucks, triggered some short covering in that market. The the first round of short covering, and and that that initial low that triggers it normally mm-hmm. isn't the last time that we see something like this, is it? You got to get down and test that low that was posted under six bucks at least one more time, right? Oh, I'm I hope not. I mean, we've got a nice little double bottom going in the uh, Kansas City contract and actually okay. the Chicago one, too. So, uh, I, no, I, I wouldn't rule out the, the low being in right now. Man, I, I would uh, sure like to think so. You know, it's funny that, you know, they say technicals lead fundamentals, and it, it doesn't really seem logical. that You'd think the fundamentals would always be the driving force. But but I, I don't think there's any doubt that that is usually the case, that technicals lead the fundamentals. And part of the reason for that phenomenon, I think, is that, you know, all the news feed you see, everything on Twitter, all the different analysts and, and people who are you know, commenting on these markets, um, they have to explain the trend. So yeah. when the market's going down, all you hear is just reinforcement and just regurgitation of all the bearish arguments, okay? Mm-hmm. Because you look like an idiot if you're explaining when, when the market's, you know, 20 lower or whatever, you're sitting there talking about all the bullish items. Right. You know, they have to, like, you know, fit the narrative to the price right. action. Right. Well. You get enough positive action like this, and guess what? All of a sudden, you will start seeing a lot of these bullish factors that are out there. I mean, the world carryover in wheat is one of the lowest in 10 years. And yeah. and, and, and if you like fine-tune that to just the uh, the world exporters, it, it, it's even more dramatic than that. So uh, I would like to think we will start to see a little bit of shift in, in the, uh, the narrative here, and I think that could only help the market. Clayton, you're making a, an awesome point. Earlier this week, I made the the point that, you know, we talk about how bad wheat demand is, but we've had three SRW export sales announcements, daily announcements. Mm-hmm. And these were the first daily sale, export sales announcements that we've had in like, what was it, two years, three years for software? I couldn't tell you exactly, but yeah, something of that magnitude has been two or three years. So yeah, I mean, that is so encouraging to see you know, China sniffing around and there's yeah. always rumors that they're wanting to do more. I guess the, the big elephant in the room, or I guess I should say bear in the room, is is Russia. I mean, what kind of endless yeah. supply do those guys have? I mean, if it's, it's like the movie Trading Places. If, you know, if you have the advanced knowledge of something, you'd think it'd be a lock on the markets. You know? and I think <laughs> I've said this to you before. You know, if, if you had had a, a crystal ball in terms of uh, what is happening in you know Ukraine and the Black Sea and Russia and all that, you would have mortgaged your house and bought the heck out of wheat futures yep. and you would be bankrupt now. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 just an extreme like it is just so rare. It's about as rare as seeing crude oil going negative. You know, it's yeah. like enough's enough. Let's get yep. get the foot off the neck of this market here. Right. I want to go back to something that you were talking about, and that's the fund positioning in the wheat market. 35 to 40% of the open interest held by professional trading funds. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about the overall condition of the market? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like you know, manipulation, I guess. I mean, are these guys all colluding with each other? They're not supposed to be, and I, I'm not charging that they are by any means, but I think the the inescapable conclusion is birds of a feather flock together, you know. Yeah. Um. You know they and they all look at the same technicals and so forth. And yeah, you know, I'm sure when they see a, a night trade when it's up ten or fifteen cents, uh, you know, they 
they're treading lightly and so far they they managed to shoot down every effort like that you know one you know, a couple of big boys probably start selling it and knock it back you know knock the wind out of it and all the other ones jump on board so i think it's just kind of like uh you know watching little kids out on a soccer field when they're in the first year or two of playing they all just like kind of run around <laughs> following the ball in one big nucleus you know yeah and, and and like I said, birds with feather flock together, and you know more in that market than than most. Although at various times you see other markets or you know extremely concentrated like that. I, you know the soybean meal market isn't anywhere near that extreme, but I mean there's 147,000 contracts long by the funds and only 9,000 short. Um, even with that being the case, that their their percentage of the open interest, even with that lopsided, you know gross versus net um it isn't anywhere near you know 35 or 40 percent but it just shows they uh these guys all cut the same thing kind of all have the same approach to success or or lack thereof and as long as it keeps working they're going to keep doing it so when when they uh sell it and it no longer manages to drive it lower that'll be the red you know the the light bulb going off in their head that hey it's not working anymore gotcha gotcha we're in the middle of a conversation with clayton pope Clayton Pope Commodities. Uh, When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the the weather market. Is it a weather market in beans or not? We'll discuss that next. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes. Where March HRW wheat futures were 16 and one half cents higher, 634 and one quarter. March SRW wheat up 13 and three quarter cents to 585 and three quarters. March corn futures were two and one quarter cents higher at 475 and three quarters. May corn up two and a half, 488 and one half at the close. January soybeans were a whole half cent higher, 1347. March beans up three quarters of a cent, 1365 and one half. March cotton, one point lower, 79.59. On the livestock side, December fat cattle up 25 cents, 171.90. January feeders up $1.15, 222.20. And December lean hogs a nickel higher at 68.97 and a half. The February contract up a buck seven and one half to 70.10. Get more market news every market day. Try profarmer.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, Timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We don't make the news, we render it. AgriTalk. A pair of boots and a sack of clothes. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk on Chip. Davis Michelson is mm. still along for the ride. And, you betcha. Uh, we are in the middle of a conversation with Clayton Pope from Clayton Pope Commodities. It, Clayton, I was looking at the notes. Uh, you you mentioned in the last segment, you know, just how the wheat, if, if you would have bet on the Russian invasion of Ukraine, having the impact on global trade, it, we, you know, everybody would have been long and we'd all be bankrupt by now, but <laughs> what's, what's the, what's the reason that we're not seeing much reaction now? Has it just gone on for so long? I mean, what it, it's going to be two years in February. It, it, has it gone on so long that the markets are just completely numb or is it that trade from the black sea has been better than most me included better than most expected? Well, yeah, certainly the latter. Uh, I mean, I think the the world's probably pretty surprised at Russia's ability to continue to ship, you know, massive amounts, record amounts yeah, yeah. of wheat. And uh, it's kind of funny. I, I've never really seen a good map showing just what the you know, actual transportation flow is, you know, how they are getting it out, because, you know, clearly Black Sea traffic is curtailed, you know, to a huge degree. But bottom line is it's moving. And, yeah. and it's, it's going to people they need it to. But besides that, it almost seems like, you know, you don't go back very far and everybody just had inflation on the brain. You know, and you, all you read every day was how the CPI and PPI numbers were, you know, just exploding. And, and we were in trouble. We're going to see this stuff, you know, just the inflation is going to be such a problem. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that's completely changed. I mean, look at this bond market. I mean, this bond market, it's uh, up to the new highs for the move today. It clearly is not seeing an inflationary problem right now. So, I think uh, to some degree, it took a while um, for the ag markets and wheat specifically or particularly um, to recognize that we don't have an inflation problem in, in, mm. in the ag sector anymore. If anything, it's a deflation problem. So mm-hmm. uh, and the market is just, you know, very satisfied with sort of a just in time inventory approach. I mean, yeah. uh, and, and you do see, you know, throughout history, you see times when. You know, the market can freak out over a, whatever market you're looking at. You know, I mean, there's still the, the stocks to usage ratio in wheat it towers above what it is in corn or beans, but it always mm-hmm. has. And But the, the fact is, on a relative basis, just looking at wheat, the stocks to usage ratio is way smaller than it's been for years uh, or even mm-hmm. one of the smallest it's been for years. Mm-hmm. So I don't I think you just got a lot of factors to play here, but um Clearly, inflation is 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 not the issue right now that everybody thought it was going to be. So I think it, you know some of that adjustment in people's yeah. realization of it is kind of coming home to roost here. Yeah, yeah. You know, in inflation, the the rate of inflation is slowing. Uh, I don't know if it's done a lot for the affordability of of uh, everyday items. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm looking at that grocery store in particular, yeah. but but you you're bringing up something that I've been asking myself and and trying to form an opinion on this. So I'll just bring it up to you. Grain signaled the inflation before inflation hit the general economy. Grains were out in front of it. So mm-hmm. are are grains out in front of a deflationary period for the for the rest of the economy now? That would sure seem to be the case. Um, 
you know, when you were talking to Bubba before I got on, uh, he made a great point, and, and it's, it just makes me pull my hair out. But, you know, everything is just so Fed-centric right now, and it drives yeah. me nuts because I'm no fan of the Fed. But, you know, here are these guys, I and mean, everybody just lives and breathes for, you know, whatever the latest, you know, Fed governor somewhere is giving some speech. And so, you know, you look at these websites that list, you know, who's speaking where, and some days, man, you have five or six of these guys all over the country scheduled to speak somewhere. And it's like, you're thinking, oh boy, they got to really be nervous now if they're laying it on this deck, wherever they are. Yeah. But it is crazy how, how, uh, expectations, uh, you know, there's a whole cottage industry or more than a cottage. industry. there's just a huge industry, all these fed watchers, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's really kind of crazy what an impact, uh, not only what, what actually happens, but maybe even more so just everybody's gnashing of their teeth and, and you know, wondering what's going to happen. And, you know, you've seen the markets, uh, more like the equity and the debt markets, but you know, the, when those fed minutes come out, they change yeah. like two words, yeah. in, you know, like a two or three page document and the market freaking goes crazy. Yeah. So I, unfortunately that's just where we live in right now. But I think that just kind of shows how, I mean, right now, that's the the darling everybody watches. I mean, when I was uh, years ago, I traded the bond options on the bond floor, and <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. I mean, back then the the number was the monthly trade deficit. I mean, you just yeah. look out, man. If if when that Fed trade deficit number comes out, you better fasten your seatbelt. Now nobody even cares. They could not care yeah. less. So yeah, uh, I think any any particular metric or or barometer like like you know Fed action or unemployment numbers or whatever. They all ebb and flow, and in the bottom line, the hot ones are probably way, way overemphasized in terms of the real, actual importance. Mm -hmm. But you know, we all know these markets are all about emotions. I mean, that's yep. is everything, really. Yep. You know, Clayton, you're. It, it, I, I'm really interested in this this conversation because uh, Vince Malanga, uh, one of my favorite economists out in New York, uh, we are of the opinion that the fed ought to just shut their mouth. They, <laughs> there is no opportunity for surprise from the fed in their decisions coming out of the FOMC meetings any longer. That's why everybody looks for the subtleties, those mm -hmm. one or two word changes in the fed minutes. And they focus on that. It drives me crazy that the fed is so transparent. You can't have the impact that they want to have being as transparent as they are. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, transparent in terms of what, what they're thinking. And, and I mean, Powell, I mean, he has yeah. kind of lived up to his word by what, you know, he's going to keep pedal to the metal on raising rates and that kind of thing. But yeah. In a way, sometimes I wonder if it's more like the Wizard of Oz. You know, you, you, Toto comes and pulls that curtain back and you see these guys, you know, to a large degree, the Fed is a follower. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, these these rates or the Data bond dependent. market keeps they they keep going higher. The bonds yeah. go higher. Well, the Fed hasn't lowered rates yet. They're eventually going to have to lower rates just to keep up with the rally in the bond market. So, you know, sometimes which is the tail and which is the dog yeah. is is as all powerful as everybody thinks the Fed is. A lot of times, they are clearly the follower of the market. So. Great point. You know, as as in any market, you know the the market has the last word, whether somebody's right or wrong. Great points, man. Great points. Okay, uh, what do the conversations with your clients sound like right now, Clayton? Uh, start with the twenty three crop corn and soybeans. How aggressive uh, 
do you want them to be? Well, I'll be honest with you. I wish we'd been more aggressive than we were, but you're not uh, alone. Got some, yeah, that's for sure. No, we've got some fantastic sales off in, in both corn and beans, uh, way above the market, especially in, in, well, both of them really. But, um, with what people have right now, I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't be a seller here, uh, you know, right or wrong. I just don't think you can do it right here. Um, there, there's just an awful lot of reason for optimism eventually, I think. I mean, it does seem like the dollar is going through some, you know, pretty big changes here. If the dollar does continue to weaken, it sure hasn't mattered yet, I got to admit. But at some point, if the dollar keeps falling, it will have an impact, uh, not only just from a, a monetary standpoint but also in you know encouraging some more export business you know from that angle um but i i think you know we're brazil has just been such an aggressive seller and, and china has clearly been favoring them to the extent they can but you know that that pendulum will swing back and i think you know we will see an improvement in both corn and bean exports and like we we're talking about earlier i think wheat exports too so okay but i think to really get these markets in a different gear we are going to have to experience uh you know, a weather scare. Um, and, okay. you know, I, I don't want to wish ill on anybody, but I, l let's hope, you know, we get some more uh, real, you know, scary drought talk out of Brazil. I mean, so far it's had extremely limited impact. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's still real early. But the problem is uh, Argentina is probably going to have such a quantum leap in production that even if, you know, if, let's just yep. say Brazil's loss is limited to 10 million metric tons, the yep. market's saying, so what? It's got to lose 15 or 20 to really uh, put a crimp on, you know, that world stocks to usage number. Yep. And uh, that could sure happen. I mean, here, you know, almost in December now, and uh, that that's the key month in, in January. So the next six weeks are, are huge. You know, if we come in, they keep whittling down these expectations for what rain is supposed to come. But mm -hmm. if, if we miss this next event in the next five to 10 days, mm -hmm. and the forecast right now is saying it's going to get dry again, then, well, if, if that is a bust on rain, then I think people start taking it seriously, and you could be talking about a sub one fifty, you know, Brazilian soybean number, and, and okay. th that would make a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that would turn into a real weather market for the bean market. I would think corn would be able to come along on something like that. Well, absolutely. Yeah, at that yeah. point, the corn market. You look at that bean corn ratio. I mean, it's almost three to one now on you know the the front month stuff on old crop. But um, and so at, at some point, corn would absolutely have to follow it, I think, not only just from a, a value relationship standpoint, but also from the whole argument that, you know, the more beans have to be replanted, that it is definitely going to take an already lower Safrina acreage number. It would take it even lower. I mean, yeah. no ifs, ands or buts. So that's right. something to watch for. And it's obviously uh, probably the, the biggest factor we're facing in the market right now. All right. All right. Clayton, good stuff, buddy. I always appreciate your conversations. Uh, they're, they're really good. I will try to enjoy that extra 10 degrees that I've got out here in Vegas for you. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget your sunscreen, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Good stuff. Thank you, Clayton. All that right. Is Clayton. Take care. You bet. Clayton Pope. Clayton Pope Commodities. Okay. When we come back... Um, one of the things that's being discussed out here at Milk Business Conference is how to get good milk back in front of the youth. We'll talk about that next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. 
FullScale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about FullScale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. All righty, everybody. AgriTalk, AgriTalk. Your pal Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory's along for the ride. You know, Chip? Yep. From the very beginning of the show, I made an attempt at flipping the Las Vegas paradigm on its head. They say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? We've all, we've all heard this. Uh, yep. All that aside, we are trying to do the exact opposite thing here, aren't we, with the Milk Business Conference? Yes. What's happening Absolutely. in Vegas needs to get out to the rest of the world. And I know you mentioned it. You teased it. It was an excellent tease. Uh, what Schools with the real milk, I mean, they're getting skim, right? I mean, that's milk. Yeah, it is. Well, and, yeah, and even, and even 2%. Okay, but it's it's definitely the reduced fat. And you know what? I shouldn't say that, Davis. I'm not exactly sure what is on the school lunch uh, menu Mm -hmm. when it comes to milk. I do Mm -hmm. know that there are several efforts underway, including by House Egg Chairman Thompson. That's right. To get whole milk into the the onto the menus for uh, school lunches as well as flavored milk, okay? Mm-hmm. So you think to yourself, what's the similarities between whole milk and chocolate milk and strawberry milk? Mm, there's just a little extra loving in there, isn't there? How about flavor? Mm-hmm. How about flavor? Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, and I thought about this this morning, because fluid milk demand is a major concern that that people at, Milk Business Conference are talking about. We see cheese demand like crazy. Maybe this year it's acting a little fluky, a little flaky around the seasonal strength in it that we would normally see for cheese. Mm-hmm. But overall, cheese demand is is good. On the export side of things, uh, it, the, is the 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 bottom line is is that generally on a month-to-month basis and definitely on a quarter-to-quarter basis, Mm -hmm. demand for U.S. dairy products overseas is increasing. It's not a runaway increase, but it is an increase. The the spot that, that when you look at what is going on and one of the problems that we're dealing with, it's the domestic fluid milk. And it it could be because of flavor. Now, this was 100% by coincidence. I was in my room last night Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, the time differences are weird. And I'm just trying to figure out. And, yeah, you know, it was it was like 730, getting close to 730. And and uh, uh, I'm flipping channels. And all of a sudden, there's the end of Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Okay. Well, it's the final puzzle. And I kind of like to try to solve those from time to time. You're a word so I'm guy. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, fa- I failed to solve the final puzzle again. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of left it on. I did a couple of other things. And then I paid attention. I paid attention right at the end where it's just Vanna and Pat Sajak mm-hmm. having, you know, just kind of a little bit of chit chat, a little. Kind of like we are now. Yeah. yeah, it's a little, it's kind of familiar to what you and I are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wonder where we got the idea. It's a kid. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. All of a sudden, Pat Sajak says, Vanna, I had whole milk last night. What? And I'm like, what? What is going on? What what is he talking about? He says, you know what? I've had, I I don't drink a lot of milk, but I've had milk around in case I want a cookie, in case I want a bowl of cereal. But it's always been the fat-free milk, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and there's just not a lot of flavor in it. Well, last night I decided to go crazy and had some whole milk and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. Do you, I don't know. Do you know how many people watch Wheel of Fortune? Well, yeah. W- was it just an unsolicited? You know, sometimes you get yes. these guys that'll just sort of loft concepts into little conversation no. on the air. You think it, it was, was just completely, completely huh. unsolicited. Wow. wow. And he said that I'm going to have whole milk around because it just tastes good. a boy. Now, you you think about the effort that the industry goes through to promote. Oh, it takes yeah. legislation to get whole milk in the school lunch program. In part because it tastes better, mm-hmm. in part because we want to put a good tasting product in front of the kids so that Absolutely. they will consume it mm-hmm. for the health benefits. But also, if it's good, by golly, maybe they'll be drinking milk when they're 40, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should have said 40 also, because 42 40. was is a very specific age. I don't know why you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely, um, I do. Yes. So... And I'm I'm sitting here thinking to myself, that might have been the most impactful yeah. promotion of whole milk yep. that that I've that I've seen in a long, long time. It's going to be interesting to watch some trends coming out of this. I'm going to be watching that milk flow, yeah, closely to see if people react to it. You know, it's interesting knowing the history of public television and the influence that uh, Fred Rogers had on that. Yeah. You know, he marched up to Washington. Maybe we need Pat Sajak to head up to Washington for us and uh, advocate for whole milk. I, I'm down. Let's do it. I, I don't even know if the rest of the industry has even noticed it yet, Davis. See, that's a shame because you can't buy publicity but, like that. But believe me, but believe no. me, I am going to go down and have a conversation <laughs> with Karen Bonert, who yeah. ought to be doing... And I'm going to do my best to get her to do an interview with <laughs> Pat Sajak. Oh, baby. And talk about how good whole milk is. If she won't, I will. How's that? <laughs>
I'm on board with you. I say we <laughs> we go out to Burbank, California. Well, I like the sound of that. Let's get on the show. You know what? Me and Vanna can you compare and sidekick can... notes. You and Pat can talk about milk and smart guy <laughs> stuff. It's going to be great. <laughs> Fantastic. We're going to continue our coverage from Milk Business Conference tomorrow morning. Uh, Karen uh, Boner will be on with me. Maybe I'll save the say Jack for that. No, I won't bring that on. You can't do it. <laughs> no, I can't do that. We're also going to have a conversation with Bob Elliott from Unlimited Funds. Tomorrow afternoon, Bubba and Davis right here on Agri Talk. I'd like to buy a vowel.